Today, we have the privilege to sit and talk with JJ and Kiana. As most of you know, they're new to the church, new to the cities, and new to this snow. It's going to be fun to ask them the questions that most of us have and just haven't had the chance to ask them when we see them. So thank you once again for tuning in. Hey, welcome to the podcast, everybody. My name is Amos J. Olivares, and I'm a proud Cedar Valley one of the executive pastors here, and I am your host. This is episode number seven of our Lean Into the Messy conversational podcast. Whether Cedar Valley is your home church or not, I am so glad that you are listening. And if you don't go to church and somebody turned you on to the podcast, I'm glad you are listening. I really, really am. You can expect this podcast to be honest, to be fun, because we can all use a laugh and provide godly perspective on the messy of life. Everybody's got a little messy in their life, and nobody wants to talk about it. But I think it's good to talk about it. There's healing that comes from just talking about your messy, maybe even laughing about it, definitely crying through it. And let's just be honest, oftentimes we create our own messy. Sadly, Sometimes people bring messy into our lives by the decisions they make, and they hurt us and harm us in all kinds of ways. And sometimes messy just comes our way totally uninvited. So today, like I said, I'm here with JJ and Kiana. Guys, thank you so much for being here with us today. Yeah, thanks for having us. So uh, life in Minnesota, in general, how would you say it's going? Well, I think, number one, it's super cold (laughs) it's very cold here and um but for the most part i think it's going great i think we love it here you're Um, looking at kiana like you're not really sure (laughs) that's the team answer or the individual answer no we we definitely fell in love with uh minnesota from the time we came to visit back in october so i would say it's going great yeah so just for a little bit of context to our listeners JJ and Kiana moved from Phoenix, Arizona, where the current temperature is probably in the 60s or 70s, to Minnesota in the winter. And like we've said many times, you know it's God when you're willing to move from Phoenix, Arizona, (laughs) to uh, the cities in Minnesota in the winter. That's right. Right? Yes. So talk to us about maybe some of the things you expected based on maybe what you've heard or what you know, and then maybe talk about some of the things you did not expect when you came to Minnesota. Yeah, I think I think for me, the, the thing that I expected was snow, and um, as well as it being cold. I didn't, what was unexpected for me was the fact that it was a lot of snow, <laughs> and it's extremely cold. So I think that's one, that's one of the things that, um, that I feel like, yeah, I expected it to be, you know, have this winter vibe, winter feel, <laughs> but not necessarily excruciating. Yeah, we don't play winter yeah, up here. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. No. So, yeah. uh, for me, one thing I did expect was the Minnesota nice. Okay. We've heard that yeah. the entire time we were thinking of moving up here, um, but I did not realize how like fake? overwhelming oh. it would be. No, not fake. <laughs> oh, it's more like Minnesota fake. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, it, it's just been so overwhelming. Like from the moment we pulled into the driveway of our new house and there was like 20 people there standing there, you know, oh, okay. ready to I help got, us. You're talking about Cedar Valley nice. Uh, that ain't go. Minnesota nice. Because the Minnesota nice <laughs> is like, it's not true. Like it, it's, it's a front. Because people are so protected around here, but Cedar Valley, there is a such thing as Cedar oh, Valley nice. Everyone I've come in about. contact with has been super nice, so I'm, I'm going to go with that. All right. But, but, we, but we have noticed that, yeah, we have noticed that the, the Cedar Valley family has been very loving to us. Absolutely. And, and in the fact that 20 plus people came and, and helped us move that big old truck, yep. and uh, um, what could have taken us a whole day uh, only took us about what an hour or so. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Yeah. So I think, uh, and just seeing that, and just seeing the love all around each Sunday, and and the uh, uh, just meeting new people every single every single Sunday, every single weekend, it's just been super cool yeah. and super uh, great experience. Yeah, sure. and I think I speak on behalf of like the whole Cedar Valley family that we are absolutely thrilled to have the both of you. Uh, here at Cedar Valley and your two boys and Aurora, mm -hmm. like the whole family unit. We're so thankful to have you guys. And I think I have a unique perspective on this conversation because two years ago, my family and I relocated from Colorado to Minnesota. And when we arrived at our house, there was 20 something dudes wow. outside mm -hmm. ready to help us mm -hmm. unload the same kind of truck you had, wow. same size, yeah. same color mm -hmm. with a trailer and a car on the back like mm -hmm. all that yeah and uh the funny thing about that is you know i left like in a secret way while they were moving to go get a bunch of food because i just wanted to like say thank you yeah and then i quickly learned like all the food that i bought was pretty much still there i'm like oh people don't eat donuts around here i guess <laughs> or whatever so uh but anyway yeah it's great and cedar valley truly has embraced you which we're really thankful for yeah when we were looking for who would come and lead the worship here at Cedar Valley, we knew that uh, the right fit was essential just because of kind of where we're at in this church. You right. know, we were ready. Uh, we were ready for what you bring. Mm -hmm. And uh, man, I'm so thankful. And all of you listeners out there who call Cedar Valley your, your home, thank you so much for always making not just our new pastors and new staff, but even new guests, like on a Sunday. Like, mm -hmm. you just go out of your way to make people feel loved, and that means so much. So thank you for taking care of JJ and Kiana and their boys, and uh, we really do appreciate that. All right, so um, people have seen you. They've seen you seeing Kiana. They've seen you now and probably chasing your two boys around. Hmm. Tell us a little bit. Well, for sure, tell everybody about your boys. Tell them their name, their ages, and maybe some of their interests. But then kind of rewind the story back to like when JJ and Kiana kind of met. Yeah, so we have uh, two boys, a one-year-old and a four-year-old. Um, they are full of energy, Yeah, full of energy. They love all things number blocks and Bluey and cars and just being super affectionate there you know if you know my boys they're always hugging on you kissing on you and just being sweet yeah absolutely yeah, for sure for sure yeah i think I, the, those two boys have been such a blessing in our lives and i think to tag along with what, how we met and stuff i think it's they, they've been a blessing in our in our relationship in our marriage for sure um but yeah they're two beautiful boys but 
Listen, my wife can tell the story of how we met a <laughs> lot better than I can, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to her to tell the story of how we met. Okay, how go ahead. Funny. Well, I was 11 years old. We were attending this Black Baptist Church in South Phoenix, Arizona, and um, JJ was on stage doing his thing. He was playing drums at the time, playing guitar, singing occasionally. Give us um, the age of JJ at that time. I think got to clear he... the record for everybody. <laughs> yeah, so we're, eleven. We're, yeah, so we're, we're five years. <laughs> hopefully, twelve or thirteen. <laughs> we're we're 14. five we're five years apart, and so um, at the time I was I was. You know, didn't even pay. I didn't even know she existed. You're like a freshman in high school. Yes, yes. (laughs) I was 11. I was a little creeper. um, And I would tell my mom every Sunday when I saw him, I was like, Mom, there goes my husband. There goes my husband. And she would make fun of me and laugh at me. Um, But eventually we left the church um, and we actually stopped going to church altogether. Um, but when I was 18, I started working at the Salvation Army Croc Center, and um, which is like a rec center for low-income neighborhoods. So I was working there, summer camp. I started working as a camp counselor. And week two, I saw this guy sitting in the sound booth. I walked up to him, and I was like, hi, I'm Kiana. And he quickly, hi, so I was okay, like, hold on. In my defense, though, in my defense, <laughs> I was getting ready for chapel or our our chapel for the for the camp uh, kids, and so it was my first <clears throat> it was my first time or first couple of times that I've run that board and um, and try to get everything ready together. And so I was like freaking out, stressed out, trying to make sure. <laughs> and the I last start. thing you needed was a distraction. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That, I mean, it's like it's like when I get in when I get focused. It's like I get this. It's it's a it's a weakness of mine, but it's like I get this tunnel vision. It's like I gotta do this. I gotta do this. And so when she came out to me, I said, "Oh, hey, how's it going?" And then just continued doing no, my thing. No, it was not even that. <laughs> but whatever. So um, I was just like, "Okay, whatever." He's not interested. So we go through the summer, doing our thing. Um, at the end of the summer, we go back to our normal jobs, but we ended up running into each other at the center again. Um, I say, hey, how are you? Give him a hug, and he leaves. I go on about my date, and then he texts me about 10 minutes later and was like, hey, do you want to hang out? Wait, so how did he get your number if all you did was say well, hi the first time and hug the second so time? We worked together. We were both working summer camp, so everyone who was on staff at that summer camp had each other's numbers. Okay. But we also started becoming, we became friends. So we <clears throat> we became good friends, and uh, you know we talked and stuff like that as friends. And so, um, and there were even times where we went to like uh, like um, they call it Young Life. I don't know if yeah. there's Young Life mm-hmm. here, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. but we we went. The director to, Chris Saworski comes to our church. Oh really? Yeah. Oh that's awesome. Yeah. So so there was a, a Young Life group that was happening, and a couple of friends of ours um, who worked at the at the um, um, the summer camp. Um, invited us to a young life group and so we went we went over and we we hung out we chilled and and uh, we had a great time and so we we were friends and um but i didn't realize that she liked me because i'm always awkward i'm whenever it came to girls i was always awkward but um i didn't know that she liked me i didn't see the hints i didn't see the signs i didn't see anything like that and so um it wasn't until we met again and she gave me a hug and that was where something sparked, like something, there was a, there was something there that happened, you know? And so I was like, hey, you just want, you want to go hang out? And, 
And uh, she says, yeah, sure. But I was teaching lessons at the time. So I didn't get out till like, uh, I think it was like eight, nine o'clock. And so when um, I heard what time it was, I was like, no. Yeah, right, right. Not doing that. You're nice, but you ain't that nice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he did text me back and was like, hey, I'll let you choose, you know, where we go and hang out. And I was like, cool, I can do that because yeah. it's not going to be at your yeah. house or mine. Yeah. Um, so we ended up going to Tempe Town Lake, which is a really big lake in. Um, Very public, like lights and everything. Yeah. And people, like lots, tons of people are there. Lots to do there. So yeah. we ended up walking around the lake and just talking for hours. Um but on the way home, because he picked me up, he was dropping me off. On the way home, we had passed that church. And I was like, hey, I used to go there. And he's like, really, when? And I was telling him. And it wasn't technically a date that we were on. So I was just like, yeah, there was this guy there that I had a big crush on. He had long, curly hair. He played the drums. Was skinny, you know, <laughs> yeah. good looking. <laughs> Um, Keyword was. Yeah. <laughs> so as I'm telling him this, he's on his phone and he's scrolling and he's like, is this the guy? And I was like, yeah, that's him. And he's like, that's me. Awkward wow. was an understatement. Like <laughs> I was embarrassed. The situation was awkward. Um, but after that, we've just been together. Ever well, since. regardless of how awkward that moment was, <laughs> apparently it wasn't too awkward to keep you guys from right. your, your connection and your right. ongoing yeah. relationship. Because now you're married with two boys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you've been married for how many years? It will be six years in June. Yeah. Six years. So just a random question. Everybody in the church is probably dying to ask this question. Have you ever had an issue in your marriage? Like, has it always been just as perfect as that walk around Tempe Lake like it was eight years ago? Is that like, because it looks like you guys are just so perfect. Oh, absolutely. Mm -mm. There's been there's been challenges mm -mm. and struggles. It has not been perfect. Yeah. Oh, it has not been perfect. No. no. Oh, okay. We Shocking, to, everybody. We, we, yeah. had to, <laughs> we had to really work. You know, marriage, we we found out that marriage, it takes a lot of work. It takes it takes a lot of sacrificing and, 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 um, and, uh, sometimes compromising on things and, and being understanding of each other's ways and each other's and be being able to overlook each other's faults, you know, because that's exactly what Christ does to us. Yeah. And, and that's the reason why, you know, that's and So if God forgives, then we have to forgive, you know. And you guys are obviously new to Cedar Valley. The bullseye of this podcast is to help everyday people like us. Yeah realize that through the messy God does so much in us like right. so we try to really focus in on the messy side of life as you know we mm -hmm. lean into the messy at this church and we try to talk about those things just because we know that our church is filled with people who have messy things happening and we're trying to like break this stereotype that if you go to church you don't have messy happening in your life mm -hmm. like no you can actually mm -hmm. be a pastor you can actually be preaching on the stage or leading the worship yeah. in a, on a Sunday morning and still have messy happening in your life. Oh, yeah. So sure. one of the questions I want to ask is like, you know, you guys can decide what, but like what's something messy in your life that, that you've experienced and as you reflect, you know, taught you so much? I think, I think, I think when we, the messy in our, in my life personally was um, when we first got married, I didn't set boundaries, um, you know, in the Latino culture, 
um, you know, the moms are very close to their to their kids. And um, I was very close to my mom. And um, a lot of a lot of the things that I've um, that we experienced, like a lot of the hardships that we experienced in our marriage was um, because of of, you know, I wasn't setting boundaries and I wasn't I wasn't really um, I wasn't really kind of like setting these boundaries and setting these limits like, okay, look, this is my marriage. You know, this is, you know, as the Bible said, a man must leave his his mother and his father and his mother and cling to his wife, become one with uh, with his wife. And um, I really didn't do that. It was more like they were they were speaking into our marriage. They were telling us how we should be married. They were telling us how to do these things when it was like, no, you know what? This is our time to figure out life. This is our time to figure out how we how we do our marriage and 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 we don't want our marriage to be exactly like yours cuz we're different. You know, we're just different people. We're different individuals, different times, different, you know, different seasons. And um and so I think one of the things that really got messy in my uh in my personal, you know, me personally was the fact that I didn't set boundaries. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that definitely um was really hard and you know because growing up with a single mom in a black household usually when you get married they're pushing you out the door so I thought that that was normal and I was like I'm going to compromise and allow this to happen because I love him not knowing how unhealthy that was and the repercussions it would have on our marriage. Um, I was eight months pregnant and being pretty much thrown out of the house by his parents. So we almost, like our marriage almost dissolved within the first year of being married um, because of just the influence we've had, like we've let other people have on our marriage. Yeah. Yeah, we, we had other people speak into and, and tell us how what we're supposed to do versus taking, you know, listening and just say, okay, cool, I'll use that. Okay, no, it's not, that's not for me kind of thing. Um, and and it was, it, it, it had gotten really bad to the point where, yes, we almost did separate. We almost, um, I, I, I had almost divorced Kiana and, and almost left my kid and, and my wife to, fend for themselves but it wasn't it, it, it was by the grace of God that I got down on my knees and I was I get very emotional when, when I talk about this but it's like there was one time where she was um she she had called me and um she had she had said I need you I need you and I was I was um I didn't want to go, but just something inside of me told me, my parents told me, don't have any connections, no, 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 no communication, nothing, nothing. And I, for some, for some reason, I just felt like God, I just felt something inside of me saying, go see her now, like get up, go drive over to her, to her mom's house and, and, and just talk to her. And, and so, and so we talked, we cried, we, you know, we, we screamed and, um, one of the things that she told me that really just, I started breaking down crying was, you know, what you did to me really hurt, but I forgive you. I really do forgive you. And I love you no matter what happens. I love you. And, and so I just broke down crying and 
and you know we just hung out for 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 some for a good amount of hours and then after that we i had gone back um back home she stayed with her mom <clears throat> and i literally got down on my knees and started yelling like god it's like god it's like what is it that i do what should i do tell me show me guide me what i'm supposed to do here and that moment in time i remember i remember god clearly saying go to her go to her she's the one that i have for you and i and i did despite of what despite of what my family may have said despite of what my brother may have said or anything like that i went to her i followed what god did and, and what god told me to do and we got in a we got an apartment together god made a way through that like we we didn't know how we were going to get an apartment together but god opened up the doors and 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 we found favor in him to find um, and mind you, this was, this was, I would say this was about what, a month before I Izzy was born, Israel was born yeah. or so. And, and we, we moved in literally the week that we moved in was the week that, that our firstborn was supposed to be born. And so, um, and so we moved in, I packed up everything. We moved into our new apartment, got everything situated and literally we had no time to pa unpack a lot of our boxes because it was time for the baby to come. So JJ, <clears throat> AKA Juan Javier, you know as well as I do that within the church, the divorce rate is no different from outside the church to inside the church, 50% divorce rate. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. you know, it's probably even higher now. So I'm certain that somebody listening to this podcast and certainly people who attend our church regularly there's more than one couple um, who are on the threshold of filing for divorce. Mm -hmm. So what would you say to the man who, who's listening to this podcast right now who, is, who has almost made up his mind, like, I'm just going to file, I'm going to move on, there's a greener grass somewhere else, I'm going to listen to what... <clears throat> my coworkers are saying, or maybe my parents, or maybe my siblings, or maybe my friends, like mm -hmm. I'm just, the, those influences have convinced me of this. What do you say to that man? <clears throat> I say trusting God. I, I'd say, I'd say really, really take the time to, to just, to just think about that decision because, you know, there are going to be lots of times where, where you're not going to feel uh, where where things are not going to be perfect, you know things aren't perfect in life, and th you know you're going to have you're going to have your battles, you're going to have your arguments, you're going to have things that you don't like uh, with your other spouse. But it's like, like really, really seek God for for wisdom and guidance and for understanding to your spouse, because that's exactly what I asked God to give me. I said, give me understanding so I could understand her. You you blessed me with her. It's like nothing, nothing, you know, nothing has changed. I've just gotten to know my my spouse more. I gotten to know I, I've I've been able to see her faults, and it's like I need to I need to act like, you know, how Christ loves the church. I need to love my my I need to love my wife just as Christ loves the church. And it led church. you to forgiveness. And it led me to forgiveness, and I'm able to do that every single time. Every single time we get into argument, any time I I we we see different uh, we see things differently. I ask God, Lord, you know, right now I feel upset. Right now I feel angry, Lord, but give me give me the compassion, give me the patience, give me the heart to forgive just like you forgive me. So, Kiana, no young 
lady who dreams of being married probably ever thinks they will be in a predicament where like I'm about to lose what I feel I wanted so bad. What do you say to the woman who's listening to the podcast who who doesn't feel like they have a grip on their marriage, a grip on their family, like it's falling apart and there's nothing I can do to fix this or save this or fix him or fix them like what cuz you were in that you you mm-hmm. were in that state there for a little yep. bit looking back what do you say to that woman listening to this podcast right now at the moment i was doing everything in my own strength because i was conditioned to think like i can save myself mm. i can save my marriage i this i that i cannot do it alone no one should do it alone you should always seek help And it should not be from your friend who's going to be like, girl, break up with him. It should not be, you know, to your parents who don't like him for whatever reason. This is why you surround yourself with godly people, godly people who love you and who are not going to be who are not afraid to tell you the truth. Mm -hmm. You should seek help within your church. You should seek help with a Christian marriage counselor. And that's important, a Christian marriage counselor. Um, But as long as you try to do everything in your own strength, it's going to fail. Yeah. Yeah. That is something that's so important because I hang close to everything. I I grip everything. I white fist everything because I need to have control. Yeah. And the moment I surrendered my marriage and everything to Christ is when things started changing. Absolutely. I don't know that there's anything more sobering than feeling like you're doing everything right and things are falling apart and mm-hmm. you and you can't fix it. Like yep. it's right. the it's the it, it's such a difficult thing to deal with and I've definitely had my fair share of those moments where I just can't believe this is happening mm-hmm. to me. Right. Can't believe this is happening to us. Can't believe this is our situation. It's sobering, but it's also I think this is what makes the church so beautiful is that God still chooses to use people who have blemishes, who have had weaknesses, who have made mistakes. Yeah. Like, you know, when when you guys do the thing. So for those of you listening, Kiana, uh, we interviewed JJ, brought JJ. He's the worship pastor. And then through some changes within our staff, now Kiana's full time on staff and she's working directly with me. And I love it. So I get to see them every single day, but people mostly see you guys on a one week, you know, one day a week basis, yeah. mm-hmm. and they just get to see your gift in operation, mm-hmm. and they love what they hear, and um, but they don't get to see the the other six days right when you're not singing on the mm-hmm. stage with a guitar or or whatever, and so I think this is the beautiful part of the church is that you are evidence of God's grace, mm-hmm. you're evidence of God's calling, and that God still uses people despite um, the shortcomings in their life. Like God has done a work within you. And I think that's inspiring to all of those listening because you're listening today and you feel like you your marriage isn't what it should be, your children aren't what they should be, your performance at work is not what it should be. Like all these things that you would think would disqualify you from being used by a perfect God and that's yeah. just not how it that's just not how it works that's the beauty of the church that's the beauty of the gospel is that God 
takes people like us who are broken, who have made mistakes, who shouldn't be here, and he still gives us his grace and puts us in a position to do things like we get to do all the time. And usually the people who have been broken or are broken do a good job of helping people who are broken. Oh, yeah. Um, and so you guys are evidence of that. And I think everyone listening is going to probably be like, oh, snap, it's crazy to see that even, you know, they think pastors' lives are perfect. They think our marriages are perfect. They think our kids are perfect. Mm-hmm. They think we go home and, like, we have no problems and we work everything out like a perfect team. And, like, man, you, y'all just don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, y'all just don't know how real it, how wow. real it is and how, how hard it's been. So thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing that um, with all of us because it's inspiring to us. Um, And uh, maybe the last thing to just kind of end on a on a high note would be: What are some of the things that you have found here in Minnesota that you guys really enjoy doing up to this point? Besides food hopping, I know y'all do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we uh, we love food, especially me. I I I love food, Um, but. one of the good things. I don't know. This, Boy, to... them after church naps be hitting. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Those 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 naps, they're golden because everyone, you know, everyone goes after after church, we all go home and you know, we eat a we eat a lunch and then we just go take so, a nap. So everyone listening, don't invite JJ and Kiana <laughs> over to your house on a Sunday after church. They're gonna don't give you it. a nice no because they wanna go home and take their naps. <laughs> Yeah. We are homebodies. We yeah. we love being home and just yeah, just watching enjoying some, each just other, watching some movies and and football um, and yeah, football. Um, I have to watch football downstairs, um, but that's just a that's just the thing that I, that's a battle that I can't win. But it's all good. <laughs> it's all good. You know, that's the whole part. That's the whole yeah. part of, yeah, of compromising. Give and take. Give and take. Yeah. Give and take. But um, no, yeah, I think I think we one of the things that we do enjoy with is. Um, you know, being able to take those naps, um, but also um, we're starting to build some relationships here, and you know, uh, creating new friends, and um, and hanging out. You know. Yeah, and so yeah, I'll wrap this thing up. I'm in the same boat as you guys. Like, we got to go experience Minnesota, Duluth, go up to the North Shores, which I have not done either of those mm-hmm. yet. Um, the U.S. Pond Hockey Tournament on on a Lake. Nokomis is one of my favorite things that mm. we do in the winter. We've done gone up to see the ice castles, um, and there's probably so many other things. So as you get to know people in the church, just ask them, like, hey, what are some great things that we can go and do and experience as a family? Because, right. yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I'm in the same boat. Right. Um, I, I do want to go ice fishing. So yeah. anyone who's listening out there, if you, if you do your annual traditional ice fishing, I'm so down to try it. Yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> Um, yeah, so anyway, thanks so much, guys, for, for taking some time today to chat with us. And thank you, those of you who listen. Um, we always enjoy the feedback. Also, recommend this to those that you would feel this would make an impact on their life. That's exactly why we do it. Um, and so thank you for always being consistent and being uh, around to listen to these things. We love you guys so much. Thank you guys so much for sharing your story with the Cedar Valley family. Yeah. Um, And we look forward to hanging out with you next month. Adios.